You're listening to the highlights from the Creative Process interview with Mario Alberto Zambrano. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. When I started writing, I was, truth be told, relieved that I didn't have to wake up and go to ballet class every day. I enjoyed the long hours at the desk while sipping bottomless cappuccinos at a cafe. And I did that for six years until I missed moving, the mere physicality of dancing. At first, when I was writing, it was all the wonderfully realized ballet that was happening inside of my head. And I was bringing all of the sensibilities I'd acquired as a dancer into my writing. It felt so similar to making a ballet, to choreography. The language was the cast and I could make the cast dance however I liked. Writing and dancing offer such wonderfully different experiences. One is entirely cerebral, while the other is central and in constant motion. If we break down the elements of style, technique, and craft, structure, and voice in both art forms, they are related by a current of motivation and sensibility. Each needs those two things, the grammar of the body and the grace of style. They're interchangeable. The common denominator is the meter, the pace, the music each of them need in order to move forward. And I love that the music they share. You can read a book by Virginia Woolf and you're listening to a musical composition. You can watch Rudolf Nureyev dance and you're seeing a song. And when I started writing more seriously, especially in grad school, a lot of my writer friends who learned that I was a professional dancer, they would get very excited. They think it was such a glamorous background. And they would ask, oh, you were a dancer. Do you write about dance? I thought, no, absolutely not. There, in my brain, I had experienced them as two different sort of countries, divisions of experience, both that I loved in different ways, but that I had a different relationship with each. And now that I've done sort of, uh, where I've been practicing both simultaneously, I realized that there is that kind of beautiful musical, as, as I mentioned in the response to the question from our interview from a few years ago, of pacing, of learning how to stop, learning how to shape a movement in the same way you shape a sentence, its beginning, its middle, its end. You know, when we're thinking about classical ballet and you do tombe, pas de bourree, there's so many things going on. The legs are turned out, you're stepping, you're, uh, the second um, step is behind the, the first step, depending on which direction, if on fossil or um, going backwards. And then the arms, the portabra of the arms, the right arm and then the left, left arm in coordination with the legs. There's so many technical components that are happening all at the same time. So as a dancer, you have to multitask. You have to sort of find a way to bring all of these things together so that a simple movement that lasts Tambe less than a second, or if anything, one second. There's the technical demand, but then there's the rhythm, the cadence of the movement, in the same way there are beats within a sentence. And I think there's something deeply rooted in our human experience ever since we were born, the minute we feel a heartbeat you know, for a woman who is expecting that 
channels a kind of intuitive intelligence that we have to listen to while we're acquiring the scale of grammar, both in movement language and in creative writing or in literature. What I have noticed now that I'm working both in writing and in dancing again simultaneously that I think is really interesting. And whereas before I always posed that they were two completely different experiences, the more I live and the more I practice both, they are sort of coming together and they're more similar than I, I realized before, where I really, really am fascinated is that Many writers begin an essay or a fiction differently. You, you can either outline the plot points and how many characters and where the setting's gonna be and draw out a family tree of cast of characters all before you begin the first line. And then once you understand how the structure is gonna work, you can sit down and write. I don't write that way. I love to sort of just wake up and let the pen sort of take me wherever it wants to go, which is along with my intuition, along with my interests, my poetic sensibilities, my interest in, in structure or invention or drama. And I always feel that that process, and I, and I do know many writers that kind of take that approach, whether they're writing nonfiction or fiction, in writing, getting your thoughts down, all of your thoughts down, even if they're jumbled, even if they're a mess, even if they don't make sense, but they will make sense to you later. And that is a, an interesting uh, shift in the process. When you return to the, say that first draft of long, long pages, it could be maybe even a hundred pages. And you've heard this from novelists before. I didn't know what book I was writing until I was 150 pages in to the manuscript that I was working on. And then they ditch the 150 pages and they begin with that character or that scene or that interaction between characters that really feels to them as the nugget of truth that they really want to circle around and build a novel around. That process of how do I take 150 pages or how do I take this nugget and build out of it is the application of craft, the application of point of view, who's going to be tough, from where am I going to be telling this story, the, the application of voice, What's the voice of the narrator? Is the characters telling the story or is it an omniscient character? And even when an omniscient character, what is the tone of the, that narrator to the consciousness of the piece? There are so many craft elements that are involved. And what I'm recognizing now that I'm working at the Juilliard School and I have the most incredible students, the most talented dancers, artists, in the field and they really are the future of the field as many dancers all over the world they love to improvise it's become such a, a daily practice for many of them and i did also improvise in studios and in, at home in the living room when i was younger but it was never part of a curriculum there was never a class on improvisation and there was never interludes in a ballet class where i was offered modalities to which I could improv improvise off of. And what I see, and you can, you know, you can scroll through Instagram and just tag dance search or improvisation, and you'll see tons of dancers uploading their improvisations. And where I find that being so inspiring is that 
in both writing a first draft and in the improvisation of, of a dancing body, what is so key and, and relevant and exposed is voice, that internal voice of the artist, of what they're writing on the page or what they're writing in space. And in dance, it's, you know, if you go to a fiction workshop, you talk about you know, plot and uh, you talk about structure and you talk about uh, character development, but there are very few classes within a dance curriculum where you break down an improvisation and you talk about voice and you talk about point of view and you talk about metaphor or uh, musical composition within in a phrase, the lifespan of a phrase. And so this realization is helping me understand that, you know, a one minute post of improvisation or even a 10 minute span of improvisation, if it's recorded, is very similar to a first draft of creative writing, where then the artist is in a position to evaluate those 10 minutes and identify what is the setting, what is the voice that has come out of my experience of writing this first draft of an improvisation. And how can I give it structure? How can I give it form? And this is where I find choreography and creative writing very similar. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.